1988, the Baltimore Orioles lost their first six games. They fired their manager, Cal Ripken Sr., and hired Hall of Famer Frank Robinson. Then they lost their next 15 games. So they lost 21 games before they finally won on April 29th. They were 1-22 in April and finished the season in last place, but they did end up winning 54 games. In 2008, rookie pitcher Brad Ziegler didn't allow a run in his first 39 big league innings. In 1952, Walt Dropo got a hit in 12 consecutive plate appearances. On June 3rd of this year, Mariners first baseman Casey Koshman made an error. It was the first error he had made in almost two years and over 2,000 fielding opportunities. What do all these things have in common? I'm Alex Reisner and you're listening to Game of Chance, a show about baseball statistics, history, culture, and today more than usual, the role of luck in baseball. Baseball is luck. It's a game of chance, just like blackjack or poker. Just like blackjack or poker, there are good players and bad players, but there's still a lot of luck. You might be thinking about a gust of wind that blows the ball foul, or a tough bounce on a grounder, or a bad call by an umpire, like in Marlins game last night. But I'm talking about the normal course of a normal game in a normal season. And the question I'm asking is, even under ideal conditions, how much control do the players have over the outcome of a game? So here are two smaller questions for you. The first, in baseball, in the major leagues, how often does the home team win? Well, as you might know, the home team wins 54% of the time. So you can think of that as a 4% home field advantage. The second question is, how often does the team with the better record win? If you got two teams, one's got a better record than the other, how often does the better team win? 70% of the time? 80% of the time? Well, the answer is 55.5% of the time. 55.5% of the time. Think about that. That means 44.5% of the time, or almost half of all baseball games, are upsets. That's crazy, right? When you flip a coin, you get a random outcome, heads or tails. Perfectly balanced coin is just as likely to come up heads as it is tails. It's random. If you flip a coin 100 times, you'll probably get pretty close to 50 heads and 50 tails. So you could say heads wins 50% of the time. In baseball, the better team wins 55.5% of the time. That's just not all that different from 50%, and yet that's how we distinguish winners from losers. Let's look at the Cardinals and the Astros this season. The Astros lost their first eight games and have continued to be a bad team. They were the last team to win a game, and when they finally did, they beat the Cardinals, who were one of the National League's best teams. A few weeks later, they swept the Cardinals in a three-game series. These games were all in St. Louis, so it's not home field advantage. Are the Astros a better team than the Cardinals? I don't think so. And by the end of the season, the Cardinals will probably take the lead in the head-to-head matchups. Or they won't. That's just how it is. You can't really tell which team is better based on the games they played against each other. Just like the Orioles didn't continue to win one game a month in 1988, and Brad Ziegler eventually gave up some runs, these streaks happen. You can't just start drawing conclusions. And we know that when you flip a coin, you're equally likely to get heads or tails. But if you've actually flipped a coin, you know that you sometimes get a bunch of heads in a row or a bunch of tails in a row. And you can even get to a point, if you keep track of it, where heads is winning like 10 to 4 or 20 to 5, can have a pretty big lead. 
But if you flip it a thousand times, all those streaks will more or less even out and you'll probably be pretty close to half heads and half tails. This is just how random events work. An event that has a 50% probability of happening actually doesn't happen exactly 50% of the time. That's just how it works. So a normal coin has a 50% chance of coming up heads. But imagine a coin that's weighted so it only has a 30% chance of coming up heads. It's kind of like a batter with a 300 average. It happens 3 out of 10 times. Or at least it has a 30% probability of happening. When you actually flip it, it might not come up heads at all in the first 10 flips. Or it might come up heads 10 times in a row. Actually, if you flip it enough times, you will eventually have a 10 for 10 streak. And you'll eventually have an 0 for 10 streak. You'll actually have every kind of streak you can think of. A 20 for 20, a 100 for 100. You might have to flip it a million times, but you will eventually have a streak of 100 heads in a row. But if you flip it a million times, while ignoring any mania or psychosis that may have set in at that point, the total will also end up very close to 30% heads. It's going to be 35% heads sometimes and around 20% heads other times, but it's always going to be revolving around 30% for as long as you flip it. And it's the same thing with hitters in baseball. Each player has a certain skill level. They're a lot like a weighted coin. Tony Gwynn, in his first year, hit 289. His next year, he hit 309. Then he hit 351. Then 317. 329. 370. 313. 336. 309. And so on. We have no way of knowing his actual probability of getting a hit, which is basically what we'd call his skill. His career average was 338, and that's about the best we can do. But look, Gwynn didn't hit 338 every year. He had good years and bad years, and slumps and streaks, which shows that baseball players behave a lot like coins. Every player has a certain skill level, a certain, I guess you call it a true batting average. And with enough at-bats, their average will eventually come out to that theoretical level. But you need a lot of at-bats before you know what that level is. Way more than there are in a single season. Otherwise, there's too much of what statisticians call random noise, which is fluctuations that occur in any natural phenomenon and which are not a property of that phenomenon. These natural fluctuations obscure a player's true batting average or true ability until he's got enough at-bats that it all evens out. Random noise is a part of everything we do. You can call it luck, chance, fluke, god, or whatever you want to call it. Look at Robinson Cano this year. On May 4th, he's hitting 376. Two weeks later, he had dropped down to 325. And just two weeks after that, he was back up in the 370s. Now he's back down in the 320s. Last year, he hit 320 exactly. The year before that, he hit 271. And the year before that, he hit 306. We don't know what his true batting average is. We only know what it happens to be at this moment, with all the random noise mixed in. And that's one reason you have to be very skeptical of stats in the beginning of the season, or really almost any single season stats. That's why you can't count out David Ortiz in May, Red Sox fans. And Mets fans, you can't rely on R.A. Dickey to get you into September based on a 6-1 record at the end of June. If you manage a baseball team, you have to have more information about a player's true ability and know that they will tend towards that theoretical number. Well, uh, barring any significant change in physique or technique, which is pretty rare. Now, you might be thinking that players are streaky, and they get hot and cold, and they might actually be better one day than another. But you don't know that. How would you know that? If a player tells you he feels like crap, then that's a good indication. 
But if you just look at numbers, you don't know. And I would bet that a lot of players don't get hits on days they feel great and sometimes go three for four when they feel terrible. I mean, if a coin, which never feels good or bad, sometimes has streaks where it comes up heads 10 times in a row, and this kind of random behavior affects everything in the world, how do you know that's not the explanation for why a batter is in an 0 for 20 slump or on a 10 for 15 streak? You don't. There's too much random noise. You need more data. Now this is all part of what makes baseball so interesting. If the better team won every time, you'd always know it was going to happen and there'd be no point in watching. There's a reason why no one watches arm wrestling. The stronger guy always wins. I guess there's other reasons we don't watch arm wrestling, but I think this randomness is a big reason there are so many great arguments about baseball. It's why we can talk about Mays and Aaron and Mantle for hours, and Bonds and Ruth, and who belongs in the Hall of Fame, and all these numbers are so intriguing. That's why trivia question answers are so surprising. Like, who was the first 30-30 club member? Ken Williams, 1922. The best player in the league can be the worst player on any given day. And some bum off the bench can be the hero. We've all seen great teams collapse. And because so much of the game is random, you get the feeling, even more than in other sports, that anything can happen at any moment. That's why when it comes down to a tie score in the ninth inning, in the seventh game of the World Series, and the pitcher is getting the signs from the catcher, all the numbers in the world don't matter. Well, hopefully I've given you a little insight into why this show is called Game of Chance. I'm going to continue this exact line of thought in a future episode, where I'll explain how we can cut through some of this random noise and figure out what a player's true skill level is. Because it is possible, sort of. Until then, I'm Alex Reisner. If you have questions or complaints, give me a call at 323 or leave a comment on the website, gameofchance.alexreisner.com.